What's your guilty pleasure? Me? I don't have one. You're listening to Guiltless Pleasures, an unapologetic pop podcast with Bobby Asin. another week of guiltless pleasures i am your host bobby ason i want to say happy halloween and also merry christmas it is going to be november 2nd when this podcast is posted but currently it is the day after halloween which i'm going to get into a little bit later i cannot wait to discuss all the things halloween that have happened this season but before we get started on that i do want to go into my current guiltless pleasure which definitely is going to be unboxing videos. I know a couple weeks ago, actually one week ago, I said I was done with TikTok essentially, but I will say I'm back on my TikTok bullshit and I am obsessed with watching people open surprise package items. It's addicting to me. I watch one and then I have to keep watching them until I watch every single video on someone's channel. I love the Barbie dolls that are like pink and you put them in water and the pink comes off and you can like see their skin tone and their hair and their outfits. I love watching mini Shopkins get opened. Anything that's a surprise package I'm obsessed with. I went to Five and Below the other week and I almost bought a bunch of them just because, but I can't get myself to do it because I move so often that I don't want any more little trinkets. But I want like the little miniature Disney princess surprise packs and the Shopkins, I want all of them. So if anyone doesn't know what to get me for Christmas or needs to get me a stocking stuffer, get me these miniature surprise dolls or figurines, whatever they are. They are legitimately so cute that I am obsessed if you haven't gathered already at this point you should figure or notice that i am hosting by myself today there is indeed no guest hopefully we'll have a guest next week but this week i wanted to go solo i actually had a suggestion from brooke she had the great idea for me to talk about stage door manor as long as Jonathan Michael. They suggested I do a podcast episode on my many adventures at Stage Door Manor, so let's hop right into that. I want to start off my journey with Stage Door Manor by saying that prior to going there, I had never heard of it, and the only reason I went to camp here is because my grandparents saw on Good Morning America a special about the people who do the Thanksgiving Macy's Day Parade every year, and they talked about the Stage Door Group, which was a camp in the Catskills in New York where famous alumni go for a three-week musical theater camp. And my grandparents said, wow, this sounds great. We want Bobby to go. Granted, I also didn't realize that this camp cost over $6,000 for three weeks, so... Thanks to my grandparents for that experience, because otherwise I never would have been able to do that. I didn't realize that it actually had a $1,000 deposit, that it cost this much money to go, but some kids would go for three sessions, which would be for nine weeks. So you have to understand that people that go to this camp have big money. There is a lot of alumni names that have gone here. 
We have Mandy Moore. You have Nally Portman, Robbie Downey Jr., Leah Michelle. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. And when you go here, they tell you all these different rumors and all these things about the people that used to go there, how Leah Michelle even back then was known to be mean because the same casting directors or same musical theater directors, you know, are still working there for their summers to have fun and meet these kids. And But the lowdown on Stage Door is essentially it's a three-week camp at a time. There's three sessions. And when you show up, you get off the bus, you have your sheet music ready, you audition for multiple things, but your audition basically, like multiple musicals, but at the audition, you're just on a stage, you get off a bus, you sing your song. I don't think you even did a monologue when I did mine. Back in 2011 was my first year going, and I think I sang Kansas City from Oklahoma, and from there, you just find out what your camp room is and you have your roommates and I believe I had three roommates at a time got a planner's wart there from not wearing shower sandals so shout out to the gross showers at stage door but from there the next day I believe you find out what musical you're going to be in and the first year that I was there I did the musical Wild Party which originally had Idina Menzel in it and Jen Murney and Jen Murney actually came to help us work on the musical so that was really cool they were both up for the original Elphaba in Wicked we obviously know who got chosen for that but our lead character was Charlotte Mulpey she was actually the daughter of I believe the composer of Miss Saigon This was the beginning of my experience when I learned that this camp did not have just regular people here. It was a camp of elite, celebrities' children. I mean, it was crazy how many people were there. I am recognizing Grace Deb from the Style Network show called Big Rich Texas and being in shock and wanting to go up to her like the moment I saw her and be like, can I please get a picture with you on my iPhone 4? Uh, and holding that in as long as possible and restraining myself and I believe when I went like Uma Thurman's son was there I mean there's a lot a lot a lot a lot of celebrities kids who go to this camp so I was in West Side Story my first year the second year I was in West Side Story which I thought I would hate but I ended up loving the story of West Side Story and the people you meet there It's crazy how often you run into them all around the world. I have run into people from in different countries I went to stage door with, because people come from all over the world to get to the summer camp. I've met up with people on family vacations, uh, because they happen to live there or from there. I've worked at Walt Disney World and had them come as guests just randomly, being like, oh my God, I went to camp with you. I had a coworker who was my actual camp counselor in New York work at Magic Kingdom as a PhotoPass cast member. So it's really weird how all the worlds collide and you run into these people. Some, well, one of the girls I went to camp, her name was Beanie and Beanie got really famous in Neighbors 2 and she was in Lady Bird 
I got to see her in Hello Dolly, the musical with Bette Midler. So, and she's going to be in a new show, or actually I think it already came out, What Do We Do in the Shadows? And it's been so cool to know, like, I was in shows with her and to see her career pick up and take off. She's actually brothers of Jonah Hill, which I had no clue, even in camp. I don't, I don't think she ever talked about her brother. Like, I have no memory of her mentioning that. And there's a lot of crazy things that also go on at stage door. There's this girl I remember um, who hid under a bed so she could be in the second session. Like, her parents didn't pay to do more than three weeks. So she hid under a bed and then came out and auditioned. And then the casting directors were really confused how she got there. Once they found out she snuck there and missed her flight home, she actually got banned from Stage Door Manor. So there's a lot of weird things like that. I remember a boy and a girl got caught having sex in a janitor's closet and they got sent home. And I feel like I was just so innocent when I was at the summer camp of things I had no idea about. I remember that there was a point where these two guys gave each other, like, blowjobs. Because I guess, like, you know, there's a boys' room area and there's a girls' room. And even then, I don't think I knew what that was. Like, someone told me, like, oh, so-and-so did this and they did that with that person, they they gave a blowjob, and I remember being like, what is that? But just, like, laughing, be like, oh my god, that's gross, like, what? Also, shout out to the fact that I still got bullied at a musical theater camp. I had a high school musical blanket for my bunk, and I got made fun of for having a high school musical blanket. Make that make sense, people. I'm in a musical theater camp, and I'm being made fun of for having a high school musical blanket make it make sense so back to the original story on that of auditioning getting into the show so essentially you have about two and a half weeks to learn an entire musical you also get to go to classes that you pick so i did like stage tech horror makeup i did monologue you know workshops and i did theater tech i loved doing all kinds of different classes i never did the same one every summer i would change it up because why do the same thing twice But once you get in your musicals, you do your first part of your day doing classes and then all the way till night you do the musicals, like the rehearsals that is. And something I learned was one of the downfalls for this camp was that my roommates and I, the first year I went, were all cast in the same show and we were the only cabin that had all boys in the same musical. So from the moment that we opened our eyes to closing our eyes we were together 24 7 which got us to get on each other's nerves quite often i remember some odd stories or not odd but stories that stick out to me was one time i was in the casting director's room with this girl and we were sitting looking at these different headshots that were on the wall and i was like that looks like kendall jenner remind you guys this is 2011 they're just like picking up from the tumbler at this point and this girl's like yeah but kendall has more of a longer nose or something like that and i was like yeah like you would know and she's like no i do that's my neighbor we're best friends and sure enough i saw pictures when we were able to have our phones the first like week and a half you can't have a phone at stage door they give you your phone later on which is actually really nice 
Um, you felt really popular when you'd open your phone and like, it'd be like, who has the most text messages when you unlock your phone? But sure enough, we got our phones. She showed me, showed me all her pictures with her and Kendall and Kylie. I learned different stories about how Kylie Jenner had a man cheat on her when they were in high school or before they got homeschooled and what they did to this boy's girlfriend like the girl that he left her for they actually no I'm sorry they went to the boy's car I believe and they put tacks under the tires of the car they covered the car with honey and then they put tampons on top of the car and then they saran wrapped it and they went to Walgreens to get all of this stuff and the girls were spending the night, my friend and her girlfriends were spending the night at Kendall and Kylie's house and no one was home really until late at night, Chris Jenner came home and that's when the police came and the police were like, hey, um, we have footage and we got a phone call that your daughter, you know, did all these things to, you know, her, her ex-boyfriend or whatever's car and Chris was like, um, no, that's not possible. I've been with the girls all day. There's no way that was them. Like, I've been here the whole time. And then the moment that the cop left, she went upstairs into the girls' room, Kylie's room, and was like, what the fuck did you girls do? I mean, there's all kinds of stories that she did with Kylie, from, like, that to having parties with Kendall and Kylie at an abandoned house in Calabasas, and when the police came, then like pushing the to- the drugs down a toilet. I mean, crazy, crazy stories. And I think this girl's dad owned or like has owns part of Airheads, like the company. I mean, it was just so weird hearing these stories, and me being such a fangirl hearing this, I was like, oh my god, I'm one step closer to being a Kardashian. But I think the saddest thing that happened or that I noticed while going to stage door was that you learned that these kids' parents never see them perform in anything they do. I remember I have a friend, and she's still my friend, who has a famous father and famous uncle. And she was like, wait, your parents are coming to see you do the musical? And I was like, yeah, like my parents, or as my mom has seen everything in my entire life besides my seventh grade talent show. And she was like, I think it's more weird that your parents do see your stuff. My mom has never seen, or my dad has never seen me in a show or perform before. And I remember thinking that's so sad. Like I get to do all these things and have my family come because I guess I'm a normal person, you could say. But I realized that's where there was a big disconnect. I didn't have to experience those things and I saw how lucky I was so even though I saw people have like the most lavish things I saw like how that wasn't everything also at stage door I really learned about fashion I mean these kids looked like they were at Coachella Coachella what am I saying Coochie no Coachella they looked like they were at Coachella all the time I mean fringe vests boots and short shorts showing their ass whether it was a boy or a girl i know this one guy became a new york scene icon 
it's just crazy. Like, they were so into fashion, so ahead of the time. I guess they had the access to get everything they wanted, so. And I remember being so jealous. My friends would send me postcards, but these kids would get cupcakes by Melissa, which is a bakery in New York, to send them cupcakes during their time at Stage Door. That was insane to me. Also, I remember that they would check everyone's like items to make sure that no one got sent gum because it wasn't allowed at the camp and people would smuggle gum inside fake fruit that was the craziest thing to me actually i have two more crazy stories about stage door one was when we did wild party charlotte Moulby got sick the week of our performance and they sent her to like a hospital to get shots or Probably what we know now was like the vitamin C packs, but to be in high school and hear about that was so crazy to me. And the next crazy story is a then and now story. So I used a certain app and it is called Grinder one year ago. And I made a connection with a guy who I talked to for about two weeks and we set up a date to go bowling and to have dinner. And before I date, he messaged me and said, before we go on this date, I want to make sure that you don't think it's weird that I was your camp counselor. And it hit me right there that I met this man in 2011 as my camp counselor and lifeguard. I couldn't believe that I could picture right then in that moment, me meeting him in the men's corridor at stage door where he quizzed me because he didn't believe that I was the biggest Britney Spears fan there on the lyrics from random songs that were obscure from her first album. And it was an okay date. It wasn't bad at all. It's just I couldn't see myself continuing anything because imagine coming to your mom and being like, oh, I met this boy or when I was 13 in New York. And then now you're 25 and that man is like, 10 or so years older than you it just felt really odd to try to continue i could go on and on and on about stage door stories but for now we are actually going to go into our pop culture recap and yes we are starting with everything to talk about halloween so this year i got to do lots of outfits even though we didn't get to really celebrate this year i was catwoman I was Ghostface from Scream, I was Luigi from Mario, and I was even Taylor Swift from her Lover era. I had a lot of fun with my friend Emily, who was a guest on this podcast before, creating these looks and taking those photos. It was super fun to still act like everything was normal during this odd time of COVID. I will say that this year's most overdone costume has to be Shit's Creek. It is unreal how many people I saw do the costume from Shit's Creek. Whether they were David or Alexis or had their whole family do it. I love Shit's Creek, but that was so overdone. And I will say, my biggest rule for Halloween is if you are wearing a onesie, you are not wearing a costume. I cannot stand people who show up to a party or Instagram a picture wearing just a onesie, not even with makeup on, just a onesie. And they're like, I'm a mouse or I'm a lion. And I'm like, where's your whiskers? Where's your nose? I, I mean, 
the lack of thought that goes into buying a onesie. Girl, I wear a onesie all year round. That's not special. Also, if you are still dressing up as Mike Wazowski, Sully, and Boo because you saw it on Pinterest as a quirky, fun, different idea, get a grip on reality. That is so old. If you're still doing that, you look like you belong in 2012 Pinterest. I don't know what Pinterest board you're reading. And same with people that are still dressing up as Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse. What the hell is wrong with you? There's so many better things to be. But I will say, the best costume I saw was a guy I followed was Andy Cohen. I thought that was a great idea. He made his hair white, wore the suit had the watch happens lives cards from the show to read off of very funny very good very creative i also loved everyone that was doing their paris hilton and kim kardashian looks with wearing velour and my friends jackie and katie hefner did that which i loved check out their instagram pictures super cute love anything that's glorifying 2007 time you know i love that whole era and I love that Kelly Clarkson this year was Meryl Streep as Death Becomes Her, which is my new favorite Halloween movie. And if you didn't watch Dancing with the Stars with the Halloween theme, you missed out. I did not know how amazing the Halloween episodes were until one night I was watching it with my friends, Taylor and Emily, and we watched a whole montage of them. Do yourself a favor right now after this watch halloween videos from dancing with the stars you will not be disappointed at this point if anyone gets eliminated from now on besides johnny weir i will be very sad because i love everyone that's currently on the cast of dancing with the stars right now so it's gonna be very sad to see anyone else go i was happy to see that Kristen cavallari and jay cutler were able to get together for halloween we know they're splitting currently and going through a divorce so it was nice to see them together with the kids I will say that I was kind of disappointed this year with Kylie's costumes. Kylie Jenner last year had Marilyn Monroe. She'd been Christina Aguilera before, killing the game. And this year she was a Power Ranger. She was something random that she recreated with her sister. Like, good for them, but who the fuck knows what they were supposed to be. And, I mean, Kardashians, I think they all had lame costumes this year. I think... I just... I don't know. I remember Kylie being with all her girls and being princesses. Like, that was the prime. And then being a Power Ranger was so generic. I want to know what Paris Hilton was for Halloween. She has not posted any pictures of Halloween because she didn't have a party this year. But speaking of the holidays, I want to shout out Emma Roberts' new movie, Holiday. Make sure you watch it now. Start it now. Stream it on Netflix. It looks hilarious. I'm currently waiting to watch it with Emily and Taylor. When Emily gets back, she's going home to get her wisdom teeth taken out. So thoughts and prayers with you, Emily. The holiday is waiting for us, so hurry home. And to go back on our costume theme, shout out to Lady Gaga for wearing all of her past iconic outfits to remind everyone how important it is to vote for this election. So if you haven't gone out and done it already, make sure you vote, make sure your voice is heard. Please help make a difference. I will be happy with you as long as I just know that you have voted. Wrapping up Halloween, 
back to the Kardashians, we have Kim Kardashian who made her house into a giant spider web with a giant spider on the outside. Now, I would say I would never want my house to look like that because it looked ugly. Do you really need a trampoline in your old library? Mm, probably not, but good for them. That actually leads into what I wanted to talk about, which was Kim Kardashian's private island 40th birthday party bash. A lot of people are giving them shit about this, but honestly, if I could do it, I would have done it too. They had everyone do COVID testing. She flew out all of her best friends, closest friends and family out to a private island to celebrate her birthday. That sounds like a dream. The way I would kill to do that. I mean, we, it just sucks for us because we want to be whiny about it because we're not rich. So I get why people are upset, but I would do it too. And don't tell me you wouldn't do it too if the opportunity happened for you. Also, the weirdest thing about that entire celebration was the fact that Kanye created a hologram of Kim's dad to wish her a happy birthday. I mean, I guess that idea is cute, but the fact that he made Rob Kardashian say six times, yes, actually six times say that she had married the most genius man in the world is a little self-centered, but I guess we can't be surprised when it comes to Kanye. And speaking of Kanye, his favorite woman, Taylor Swift, is now able to re-record her songs that Scooter owns the masters to, so we can only cross our fingers that we'll get the full 9 or 13 minute long version of All Too Well that we really deserve when she re-records them with her even better as of today's vocals. We can definitely admit that any Swiftie Elise should be able to admit that her vocals have improved tremendously compared to when she was 16 years old. And in honor of that, and it being November 1st, the first day of Christmas, I have been listening to Christmas Tree Farm by Taylor Swift on loop today as I actually put up our Christmas tree. So it's in a very exciting time. Now let's get into some blue, blue Christmas topics, some downers we could say. Uh, for me, the biggest downer of the week for a blue, blue Christmas was this episode of The Bachelorette. What is actually wrong with Claire? I just, there's no way to me that Dale and Claire had not had a full conversation before filming. They are insane. The fact that she got mad when having a roast about people making fun of him. What do you think? What did you want them to do? Just sing songs about how nice that's not what a roast is. You, you're supposed to you're supposed to be mean. Like, what was she thinking? Of course, that was going to happen. And for her to ignore the guys to the point where she skips the day group date, has Dale go to her room, makes out with him once again, ignoring all the other guys. It's just beyond disrespectful because what's the point of having a competition or a show like this if you're not going to give any of the other guys an even chance? It's just horrible, but horrible does make for a great reality television. And I can't believe these words are coming out of my mouth, but so far this season of Southern Charm looks like it's going to be great. Last season I said it was the most boring season and that should be taken off air. Kind of how I feel about Vanderpump Rules. But I was shocked. You know, we have 
Catherine getting back in her old relationships. You have the drama of Cam leaving the show about her partner cheating. I knew that was supposed to be a fake storyline, and that's why Cam said she was no longer going to be on Southern Charm. So that makes you think it's actually real. But we see that Catherine's going to go through a lot of uh, situations because of her family's history in Georgia about owning slaves and being proud of it. And it looks like it's going to be a big season about educating, about racism, and surprisingly, a lot about learning all things COVID, it seems. So it's going to be interesting because during the middle of production is when we had the lockdown. So we're going to see a reality show take on COVID which I know we're going to see soon on Real Housewives of Dallas, which I'm really excited to see how that will look for TV. And while we're on the topic of Housewives, I cannot still get over how tragic Real Housewives of Orange County is. This show is so bad. Nellie's women would be friends in real life. They all rent their houses. Like, no one deserves to be on the show anymore. And... It's just cringeworthy to watch any of them interact. They don't care about each other. They don't want to hang out. I don't blame them. I wouldn't want to hang out with them either. I do commend Bronwyn, though, for being so open and honest about her journey with sobriety. And I think that's amazing that she's willing to share that with the world. I think that's the best thing that's going to come out of this season of Orange County. And... In my current life right now, I am pretty much 10 episodes away of being up to date on Real Housewives of Atlanta, which is super exciting. I know the commercial just came out for the new season. I'm excited to watch that and to watch it live with all of you guys so I can talk about each episode weekly when that comes out. But for now, that is the end of this week's pop culture recap. I want to thank you guys so much for listening, and I loved having a suggestion for a topic. So if you guys ever have any other suggestions for a podcast topic, please let me know. Message me, DM me, you name it, I will see it, and I will try my best to answer it or cover it in the following week's podcast. But for now, everyone, please stay guiltless, and happy holidays. (music) 